Hi, thank you for coming and being part of the Talk Popsy event here in Gowanus. So your name is, and tell me what you do. My name is Ulysses Pizarro, and I make things. Yeah? Yeah, simple. So tell me what you make and what do you do? I mean, I make whatever I want, but <laughs> I guess it falls in the line of like art. You know, I like making promotions. I like just like making things. I don't really like to like label exactly. Cool. You know? yeah. Cool. And, and I understand that you've you've done actually some promotional work for music I, groups, right? Is that right? I've done promotional. I have promotions for you in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see them later? Later. Yeah. Since right. this is audio signals. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so let me tell you kind of what this project is that we're doing, right? Um, this is our third project. Um, the first one was nominalism, and the second one was censorship. Okay. And the third one is about art, right? And art is cognition. So kind of like what does art have to do with thinking, or how do we think when we confront art? What do we, what does, what do we get out of it? What do you get out of it? Can, can you tell well, me what you think it's all about? It depends on the person, and it depends on the art. I see, like, a lot of work that doesn't let you draw. Like, the meaning's just there. You know, it'll be like, keep going, and like a heart, like a picture of, like, a human heart. Mm -hmm. It's almost like making fun of the person that's seeing it, because it doesn't, like, ask a question. It's so in your face, and just, it says what it is. I think that good art or whatever I consider good art is like the type of art that doesn't translate if you put it on like a t-shirt, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, something like that. Okay. All right. So let's, let's go into that thought a little bit, right? So what came to my mind when you were saying that was, and I cannot remember, but it was one of the early t movie moguls. Uh, if you want to send a message, use Western Union or okay, something, right. like yeah. something like that, right? <laughs> I, I, I might have gotten that wrong, and I don't know who that's said it. That's a genius but, ad, but yeah. it's something like that, right? Okay, so, uh, and that's kind of your, your thought, right? Like, if it's, all right, so if it's just a message that's easily digestible, then how does that work against it being art? Tell me what happens with art that's not that. Well, you know, some art, there'll be like a writing attached to it that lets you know what the artist was thinking when they made it. Mm -hmm. Some art, you can look at it and like, you know, there's a question there that you got to solve, you know, and then there's like, not all text art is like just in your face and doesn't make you think, but mm -hmm. a lot of text art borders on the line of like advertising at that point where... Mm -hmm. You know, if you're advertising something, you just want to, like, kind of state what, what it is, mm -hmm. and you buy. I think there's, like, two different sides, like, uh, art that's, like, more of, like, advertising, and then art that's... Yeah, sort of one-joke Charlie kind of art. Yeah. You, you can like, say oh, that. Oh, yeah, I got that. I got that. Right. So, all right, so let's go into the process. Like, the art that, to you, is not just one-joke Charlie, that doesn't just send a message... You seem to be thinking that when the viewer stands in front of it, the viewer falls into some kind of world that is filled with all kinds of labyrinth questions and thinking and, and, and ways that they have to kind of work out, right? It's, right, I, I get a, I get a sense of almost a different time scale. Like, it seems that what you're complaining about with a message, it's, it's real quick. 
Well, right? I kind of right? feel like it's the way fine art looks at street art. A lot of people that are in the fine art world consider street art to be like kind of like lowest common denominator stuff. You know, a lot of I think so. Like yeah. I feel like it's looked out upon. You think even I mean I know it was like before uh, Basquiat, right? But do you think after oh, that? Oh, I still think yeah. You still think yeah? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, well, what do you think about street art? Well, I think it's a bubble. You know, I think that it gets really popular every ten years. Mm -hmm. It bubbles and then it like goes back to being. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And we've already I've already seen two bubbles in my lifetime. Huh. So yeah. So you don't you wouldn't think that street art is you think street art is very message oriented in that way, right? Sort of simple? Well, I mean I used yeah. I wrote graffiti and you know, I yeah. went into it with the idea of just like self advertising. And then it's like does it does that make it like art or vandalism? I mean that's up to whoever I guess decide, but if it's vandalism, I guess it would mean a lot more. It's a lot cooler, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's at least transgressive. So maybe we should do a specific example. So take me, and we're going to do, I guess, visual art, right? Um, instead of music, but take me in front of some kind of artwork that everybody would know about, that all listeners would know about, that you think exemplifies that process of questioning and and exploration, I guess. Okay. So the last thing I saw that made me feel like that was, um, was with my friend Mark, Mark Blaker. He came down to my house and he tells me, he's like, you know, do you remember Ryder from uh, high school? And I was like, yeah, I remember Ryder. And he was like, you know, he works for Kanye West now, right? I'm like, oh, cool, you know? I mean, I have my own thoughts about everything that, you know, like Donda or whatever uh, the firm makes, but he showed me something on his page. He was like, take a look at his Instagram page. And he had a statue of a statue being taken down. Do you mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? It mm -hmm. was like a statue of a monument being taken down. And I was like, this is one of the coolest things I've seen, like, art-wise, concerning that whole thing that's going on. Mm. You know, like, I really liked it. And Ryder, I mean, even on his page, that was where I read that he, there's like a meme up there about the t-shirt thing, about good art not being able to be on a t-shirt. And I get that because I've made yeah. t-shirts before. Well, then just take me through the process of like, what happens to your brain when you look at something and it is that experience that you are calling the aesthetic experience? What happens? You're, it seems like that your mind like fluctuates between categories almost like you look at it and it looks like it's one thing but then it's not that thing and then it starts to be right is that is that what goes on you know i gotta be really honest with you like i don't follow art as much you would think like i don't like <laughs> That's cool like i know people that make it and like i've worked with people that have like you know gotten really high up there but i don't really like 
go out Kanye, of my way yeah. to like, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe Ulysses, maybe we can do it with music, right? That might be easier. Like, is there some kind of instance of music that oh, you would just, go? Oh, right. that's really music. For, for, a long, stupid, yeah. for a long time, I felt like if I went out of my way to look at like other art, that it would direct like directly or indirectly affect like the way I thought and would, you know, like mold like kind of the things that I make. And then you think you have like an organic idea and it's just something that you've seen at like a museum and you've forgotten about, yeah. you know? So I'm like really careful about looking at stuff like that because yeah, I kind of yeah, want I the things I want to be a little more genuine. Genuine. Yeah. 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 I get that. I get that because there is a, there is a, T- I don't know, temptation maybe is the right word. There is a temptation to just imitate. Yeah. yeah. And to not be genuine. All right. So it seems to me that you have this interesting kind of visual practice in the world that you just kind of open your eyes in the world and go around and go, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. And then you collect those meaningful visual instances like that instead of going out and going, Oh, let me see what's David's Werner showing this month, right? Or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like at that point, you're getting something that's pre curated, you know? So yeah. it's like meant to be cool in somebody else's eyes. So, like, it's probably not, you know? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, you know, I think you're saying something actually more than what you just said. And let me run it by you. Because I was just kind of looking at your face when you said that. You don't have a mask on. I can kind of see your face a little bit. (laughs) That's cool. So when you look at something, it seems that what you're saying is that when, if you were to go to a gallery, you're already looking at it through somebody else's eyes. So you've already got all the kind of rules and regulations of interpretation set in place for you, which then in some ways negates the experience that you're looking for, which is a kind of initial, naked bewilderment in the face of something that you've never seen before. And the pleasure that goes into figuring that out. Is that right? You're completely right. Yeah, oh my you God. said it better so, than I did. But I'm yeah, so happy I figured right. that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It's taking me it's taking me ten minutes or so to kind of like piece this together. I get it now. Yeah. I mean, the best way I could say it is like when I go shopping, right? I can either go to the Salvation Army or I can go to like a Buffalo Exchange. Yeah. Right. And the Buffalo Exchange, there's buyers there that pre go through all the clothes and they kind of put out what they think people cool. buy, yeah, right? Yeah. Or I can go to like a Goodwill outlet where it's just the people donating it and it's basically garbage. I could go through it. I could draw my own conclusions. And you draw your own, yeah. yes, and you draw yeah. your own conclusions. But it, it's also, all right, so part of it, I think, is that you don't want other people to do your thinking for you. That's part of it. But I think part of it is this cognitive thing that you're looking for with the aesthetic experience. And that cognitive thing is that figuring it out for yourself so that you have to fall into bewilderment. You have to fall into not knowing. You have to, you have to let yourself be lost and then kind of rely on your own wits to sort of go, Oh, I think it means blah, 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 blah. And it's like untangling a knot, right? Right. So you get to untangle that knot. And that to you is the aesthetic experience is the bewilderment and the untangling. Right, right. Right. I mean, ah, it's 
cool. You know, you're getting something that's like untapped, kind of, you know, at least it is to you. Or in the other case, you're getting something that was like fed to you. You know, there's a bunch of times in life where you might like an artist or a musician and they'll be considered underground because mm-hmm. they're not like signed to a record label. Mm-hmm. And then they get signed to a record label, like any big one, mm-hmm. and then they blow up and mm-hmm. they're all over the place. And mm-hmm. then like you hate it, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, yeah, because it's, it's not cool anymore because it's mainstream. You know? That's part of the reason, probably. You hate it, but you hate it for other reasons. Oh, yeah. That, well, okay. It becomes packaged. Of course. <laughs> and then as it becomes packaged, it automatically becomes much more simplified. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what they're doing. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's super interesting. That's super interesting. So let me do this again, because I'm fascinated by this idea. All right, so culture has, and this is what I'm interested in with this project, right? Culture has this facet that is a a consensus-building facet where we all kind of throw our thoughts into the pot and then we all kind of come up with some point of view that is then our culture, right? Whatever. Um, But that point of view that is the culture also is like these interpretive scrims. I'm seeing in my brain screens, like screen doors. Okay. Right. So you look through a screen door and you see the outside world and it's already all chunked for you through Mm -hmm. the screen door, right? So it's not the same thing as when you just like look at the world without the screen door. When you look through that screen, it's a mesh, right? So it kind of edits. And you're complaining, and I think this is super interesting. You're complaining about the editing that other people do, the curators, the gallery owners, the museum directors, all of them then have a kind of hmm. Have you ever seen have you ever seen um Talmudic scholars and they go back to the Torah? And they've all commented on, so you have a little tiny text, and then you've got tons of comments kind of like all around it. Like annotated? Kind of annotated, right? Okay. So it's like that. So you have a, an artwork, but you don't really get to look at the artwork until you've already read all the annotated things. Okay. Right? But those cloud your perspective. Those cloud <laughs> enormously, right? Yeah, of, of course. Of course, right? Now, most people think that what it does is kind of help you and frames it for you and gives you a perspective and puts it into context. I mean, there's, I've heard a million different phrases about this, right? You, you read the little plaque next to the piece in the museum, right? right. It tells you not just the history of it, but how it is that you should be framing this, how you look at it. And your perspective is all right. A couple of days ago, I because galleries are opening back up, I went to... Are they opening back up? Yeah, a little bit, right? Okay. Uh, so I went to Postmasters, right, who's worked with this project. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was the only one in the gallery, and I'd never seen the work. And even though I'd kind of like looked online a little bit, I hadn't seen it. And I said to um, Magda, uh, someone, the owner of the gallery, I said, it's so wonderful just to walk in by yourself without anybody else there and see it all up for the first time and that like instantaneous like, oh, wow, what is this, 
experience. And she said, interestingly, right? She said, yeah, she never gets that because she's always building these exhibitions and putting them together. Right, right. So she never gets that kind of naked version of it. And that's what you're going for, right? Yeah. Is the uninterpreted naked version of the piece. Right, right. Cool. So that's why you so you have to go around in a very kind of almost subterranean way, you know, and just kind of pick up things that or you don't go around at all. Or you don't go around at all. You know gleaners? You know what gleaners are? No. Gleaners are the ones that come into a field after it's already been harvested. Right? And so they're the ones that kind of pick up the little pieces and things, right? Okay. But so in some ways you're sort of arguing for the aesthetic experience as a gleaner, right? Okay. After, after, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair to say it's fair to say right yeah but it's a very cool it's a very cool perspective it's very um i mean it's not just independent but you're i think what it is is getting to the real heart of what the cognitive process is in art and what makes art so different than everything else because what makes art so different is that willingness to fall into the work of art and then work your way through it. Right? Well, sure. We right. don't do that with anything else, do we? Well, I mean, depends on what you consider art. Some people consider cooking art, you know? It doesn't have to be just visual art. Yeah, all right. So, right, lots of people have said that, you know, that the everyday could just be art, right? Everything in the everyday could just be art. It depends on how you approach it. Okay. Right? Right. So... So your argument would be that we could, in fact, approach everything in that kind of, oh, my God, what is this? Let's look at this. This is amazing. Let's look at it on its own terms for just what it is and be both delighted and bewildered by it, right? Okay. Right? But I think, right, that 99% of what we do in the world is not that. 99% of what we do is very pragmatic. You know, how am I going to get to the store and get my milk, right? You know, how am I going to, you know, do whatever, you know, clean my kitchen, do my laundry, do my job to make some money, right? There's almost, there's almost a startling lack of bewilderment that we normally are willing to tolerate because remember Charles Saunders Peirce, right? Oh, well, he's a 19th century philosopher. Okay. And and he talked about a really nice essay called The Fixation of Belief about how we all hate to doubt, that doubt is a very uncomfortable thing. Like, we don't like doubt, we like belief. But I think that what art does is allows us to explore moments of doubt in relative safety. You know, like, you could look at that piece of the statue, taking down the statue, right? And you can kind of go, what? You know, and there's like, and you'll, you'll tolerate that. Like, you'll go, what is this? And you'll not know for a moment. Right? Well, right. Right. I don't know what you want me like to. But how. It seems like yeah. what, like you're confusing. Like things. I'm just talking about things like you make with like your hands. I guess you can have that thought process with, you know, not uh. like walking to the store as like art, you know, like just things that are like 
made, you know? Oh, because you don't quite know how it's going to turn out and you don't quite know what... So when you're thinking of cooking, you're not thinking of following a recipe. You're thinking of... I don't follow recipes. I just cook. Right. Okay. I don't measure okay. anything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I don't know which direction I'm going. I'm just going to go down this direction. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's a little different, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. All right. So talk to me a little bit about that willingness to be befuddled and to doubt. Do you think it's part of art? Or do you, do you disagree with me? No, it's part of art, but probably isn't part of art for everybody. You think? I mean, I guess it's whether they voice it or not, right? So... seems like it is a part because people experience something sort of wholeheartedly without any defense mechanisms, really. You know, you listen to a song, you just sort of give yourself over to the song, right? Yeah, but there's people that don't even give themselves over to a drug, you know? Yeah. Like, depends on the person. Yeah. So you think there's no kind of, you think there's no, you think that what you're going after with art isn't characteristic of what everybody's going out art. I mean, I'd like to think not, and that's probably really selfish, but <laughs> sure. Oh, so you think that what you're doing is very singular. It's just what you're doing. I mean, I know what it is, but it kind of feels that way sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, see, my... All right, I'm willing to entertain that thought. My instinct was to go in the opposite direction, and to say, what you're doing is what everybody's doing. You're just doing it more. That was my thought. Because I think that what people do with art, I think that's one of the things that makes it meaningful, is that people are vulnerable in the face of art. You know, there's a psychological vulnerability that you have to have in order to absorb that moment. So, do you think the person that was curating Postmasters feels vulnerable every time they look at a piece? You mean, do I think Magda feels... Yeah. No. No, for the reasons that she said. Because she gets to know it so thoroughly that she's... So, I think that what you're talking about is that first, you know, virginal interaction with the piece. But I will also say, right, I will also say that I think that um, what makes really good art different than the message art that you were talking about is that you can go back and back and back to good art and constantly find kind of new avenues into it, new explorations. Sure. You know? I mean, generally, I mean, you could say things that are, like, good stand the test of time, right? It goes like that with a lot of things in life. You know, there's yeah. things that you can continually go back to. Yeah. yeah. And what we don't like about that message stuff is that it doesn't allow us to experience that kind of bewilderment and doubt and intimacy. Yeah. It right? takes that away. It's yeah, just... It's a shut door. It's like the door is shut between between the viewer and the artwork, and it's not opening up anymore. 
Well, yeah. Right? That's basic, yeah. 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 But if that's true, see, that's the direction I was going. If that's true, then what you're after here, that doubt, befuddlement, lostness, right? That experience is what's characteristic about artwork and the best artwork. And what makes something good or bad is whether or not it allows for that opening. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think that what you're doing is different than what other people are doing. I just think you're I think you've I think you've narrowed down a system where you can pretty much be guaranteed that that experience is going to happen for you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah really selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not selfish at all. Um not selfish at all. It's um Yeah. It's the gleaner method of aesthetics, right? You know. <laughs> Yeah, but it, but what it also makes me wonder about, to go back to the main topic, is how art then functions with cognition. Because if art is partly functioning because it can open up a moment of doubt and bewilderment in us and allow us to be vulnerable and then kind of lead us through the process of understanding, right? So if what art does is lead us through the process of doubt, then to belief, right? Which is a difficult psychological process. Like the doubt is uncomfortable, right? We want to want to get over that. I think Purse is right. You know, we want to kind of get over that and get to a moment of belief. But what art allows us to do is to go through that cognitive process where we fall into bewilderment, we doubt, and then we can figure it out. And then we end up with belief, and it feels great. Right. Right? Right, right, right. Right. I've gone through this, yeah, a lot, yeah. Right. And right. so we kind of go, oh, yeah, I get it, right? I get it. Oh, wow, right? And it's this, like, I mean, even Aristotle talks in the very beginning of the metaphysics. Learning is pleasurable. Everyone loves to learn, right? So I think that probably what aesthetics are doing is allowing us both to be vulnerable to the world in ways that we can't, normally to other people because we're so you know reasonably mistrustful of other people right well, yeah <laughs> but but also then to go through that in a safe in a safe space right to go through that process of doubting being bewildered and then coming to understanding and belief at the end which kind of goes ah it's a good process good process right yeah yeah, yeah. cool Thank you, Ulysses. Thank you for having me. That was great.